You're listening to 90.5 WUMC Elizabethan in Johnson City. Tonight, Foster and I are traveling to Pleasant Point, West Virginia, as we search for the Mothman. This is Cryptid Horizons. So welcome back, everybody, to episode three of Cryptid Horizons, and welcome back, Foster. Yeah, I'm back. Glad to have you back. Yeah, I, you know, I was I kind of on the fence of whether I'd return, but all the fans, so many of them were, like, requesting me, uh, apparently, you know. that's I mean, that's true. You're a hot commodity for sure. Definitely. Thank you for coming back. I appreciate you being here. Excited for your viewpoint on today's... Mm-hmm cryptid me too very excited yep so this episode actually has a lot of meaning to the show um because for anyone who's looked at the logo for this show it actually is the mothman um the only difference is my version of the mothman is wearing sunglasses because i thought that Mm -hmm. the glowing red eyes might be a little too creepy yeah so i i put i put some blue sunglasses on him so he's a little less uh spooky Mm -hmm. more stylish yeah for sure for sure um but yeah so this is a this is an episode that i've been uh really looking forward to and also this episode is going to be slightly different Mm -hmm. than the last ones um because we don't really have any theories uh it's pretty much you know cut and dry do you believe in it or do you not so instead, um, because I don't want this to just be a little 10-minute episode, um, we're going to talk a lot about Point Pleasant, how it was settled, and what it's looking like now. Have you ever been to Point Pleasant, Foster? Uh, I haven't, but I hear it's pleasant. And pointy, perchance? Perchance. Have you ever been to West Virginia, at least? I've, I've driven through West Virginia, so... I'll count it. Yeah. Well... Let's get into it, shall we? Point Pleasant, nestled in the heart of Mason County, West Virginia, is a town that resonates with the echoes of centuries past. Its story stretches back to a time long before European settlers set foot on its shores, when the land was inhabited by indigenous peoples, notably the Shawnee and Mingo tribes. These tribes flourished along the banks of the Ohio and Kanawha rivers, drawn to the fertile land and abundant resources that the region offered. The first European explorers to venture into the Ohio Valley arrived late in the 17th century, with both French and English expeditions seeking to claim territory and establish trade routes. This period marked the beginning of significant changes for the native inhabitants, as the arrival of Europeans brought new technologies, diseases, and ultimately conflict. The French eager to expand their influence in the New World, established a fort near present-day Pittsburgh, not far from what would become Point Pleasant. This move sparked tensions with the British, setting the stage for the struggle over control of the Ohio Valley that would unfold in the decades to come. The turning point for Point Pleasant came in 1774, 
during the tumultuous period leading up to the American Revolutionary War. In that year, Colonel Andrew Lewis led a force of Virginia militia in a pivotal battle against a confederation of Native American tribes led by Shawnee Chief Cornstalk. The Battle of Point Pleasant, fought on the banks of the Ohio River, was a fierce and bloody conflict that ultimately resulted in a victory for the colonists. The battle is regarded as one of the key events leading up to the Revolution, as it helped secure the western frontier and paved the way for further expansion into the Ohio Valley. Following the American Revolution, Point Pleasant began to emerge as a center of commerce and trade in the newly formed United States. The town's strategic location uh, in between the Ohio and Kanawha rivers made it an ideal hub for river traffic, and it quickly became a bustling port town. Steamboats laden with goods and passengers piled onto the waters of the Ohio River, linking Point Pleasant to cities and towns up and down the river and beyond. The completion of the Kanawha River Canal in the early 19th century further enhanced the town's importance as a transportation nexus, opening up access to the rich coal fields of southern West Virginia. Throughout the 19th century, Point Pleasant experienced periods of growth and prosperity, fueled by industries such as river shipping, salt production, and later coal mining. The town's historic downtown district, with its handsome brick buildings and bustling streets, bears witness to this prosperous area. era. Sorry, Landmarks such as the Mansion House, a grand antebellum mansion built in 1796, and the West Virginia State Farm Museum, which preserves the state's agricultural heritage, offers glimpses into the town's storied past. The Civil War brought further upheaval to Point Pleasant and the surrounding region. While West Virginia itself remained loyal to the Union, the state's position on the border between North and South made it a battleground for conflicting loyalties. Mason County, like much of the state, was deeply divided, with families torn apart by allegiances to either the Union or the Confederacy. The town itself saw skirmishes and raids by both Union and Confederate forces, leaving scars that would take years to heal. In the years following the Civil War, Point Pleasant began to rebuild and recover from the ravages of war. The town's economy rebounded, fueled by the booming coal industry and the continued expansion of river trade. New industries emerged, and the town's population grew as immigrants from Europe and other parts of the country flocked to the region in search of opportunity. The 20th century brought further changes to Point Pleasant as the town adapted to the challenges and opportunities of a rapidly changing world. The rise of automobile and the decline of the steamboat era altered the town's transportation networks, while the advent of new technologies revolutionized industry and commerce. Despite these changes, Point Pleasant remained a close-knit community bound together by shared history and heritage. So, setting the stage, um, mm -hmm. we see, I mean, what, what do you think? Like, mm, colonial of, area? Yeah, yep. A lot of killing happening. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Kind of like what we saw. Uh, well, you weren't here for it, but the uh, the Roanoke Colony episode, oh, yeah. episode one. Mm-hmm. Check it out on Spotify if you guys Definitely. haven't heard it. Um, talking about some attacks on and by Native Americans. Yep. Except, except this time, they weren't victorious, unfortunately. And colonists won. Well, I mean, technically, they weren't entirely victorious. 
in the Roanoke one. Yeah, definitely. I was thinking. Kinda. Yeah. But also kinda yes. I didn't listen. I know you did. I know you did, but it's okay. You were here for the last one. That's what's yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. Um. So moving moving on, we're we've got a lot of uh of information about what Point Pleasant is now. Um, and I'd like to preface this by saying like there's gonna be points where I I I call out some interesting facts mm. um that I I believe are kind of funny, um yeah. because small small towns are funny. I'm from a small town, mm-hmm. like small towns are funny because the proportions for things are wild um and often don't make sense so if you're also from a small town like you can laugh along but also you know please don't get offended i just think that yeah some of the ratios that we're gonna see here are kind of wild um especially when you compare them to the national averages yeah all right here we go Pleasant Point in Mason County, zip code 25550 and area code 304, is a very, very small town at 3.1 square miles. Mm. Um, I was So when I was looking this up, I was doing a little bit of research into things that are more square miles. Yeah. Um, and there's, uh, I think it's the... Um, Johannesburg Airport is bigger. Johannesburg, than, South Africa. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know. Just Johannesburg. Yeah. So it, it's either South Africa or um, Australia. But I, I'll I'll assume it's it's the South Africa yeah. one. I mean Johannesburg's that's the most populated city in South Africa. So it's probably that so one. So it's probably that um, one. Um. But anyway, it's like. It, the internet okay so take it with a grain of salt here yep. the internet said that it was over six square miles johannesburg airport yeah oh i don't doubt it so they if that's it. the case like this town is it's pretty small half the size yeah. of an international airport which i i mean yeah you know it's international yeah. airport so it should be big but like half the size but mm-hmm. it makes me curious like how small is elizabethan or johnson city because i feel like they're bigger yeah i would probably I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're bigger than three square miles. Well, I mean, yes, but I'm just curious, like, how many how square miles is it? Do, we, Do you know? Jamie, pull up how many square miles uh, uh, Elizabeth in Tennessee is. Let me pull this up. Uh, so we're going to give Foster a second to pull that up. While I tell you that Pleasant Point is located along the Ohio River, which we kind of covered uh, in the settlement section. <sighs> It's approximately three hours to Pittsburgh, four hours to Cleveland, and five hours to Indianapolis, making it a very secluded place. Mm. Elizabethan, 9.7 square miles. Three times the size of Point Pleasant. Man. And bigger than the Johannesburg Airport. Mm. Do they have a Walmart? Do we know this? Does Point Pleasant have a Walmart? Um... Well, I will... I will kind of cover that in a minute. Oh, okay. When I talk a little bit about, um... Employment. Mm. So we'll, we'll wait on that one. Uh, Point Pleasant has a population of roughly 3,800 people. Um, so the, this is kind of iffy. I'll, I'll go ahead and say that my mm-hmm. research here is a little spotty because there was not an accurate 2024 number. And when I looked, I saw roughly like four or five different numbers and I checked multiple places. Yeah. Um, so I arrived at this number because of 
the calculated population growth which was in the negatives like people are leaving this place actively right um and i saw that it was as of like 2021 it was close to 4000 mm -hmm. um i can see that you're looking it up right now and you're probably going to prove me wrong no no what you're saying is is 100 correct okay yeah so as of 2021 it was around 4000 and based on the calculated i mean inverse of growth yep uh, it's it's estimated to be around 3,800 now, mm. uh, and this leads to a population density of around 1,500 people per square mile. That's yeah, not bad. Uh, Maybe it's it's pretty bad because um, yeah, that's that's terrible. I want to say when I looked up the U.S. Uh, population density oh. per square mile, it was like a hundred, and that's everything. Yeah, that's like the whole U.S. So mm -hmm. this place is like even the deserts. Well, I mean, yes, it does include all of that, but yeah. I mean, on average, like a hundred yeah. people per square mile compared to fifteen hundred people per square mile. That's a that's a good that's a, that's that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. One larger is way larger than the other number. Correct. Thank you, Foster. Uh, the median age of this population is thirty-seven point three years old, which is a full year lower than the U.S. median, uh, and it was around thirty-eight point four. Mm. So a little bit of a younger town. Compared to yeah. the whole of the U.S. So there's that. 15.4% mm -hmm. uh, of the population of Point Pleasant are between the ages of 25 to 34. So again, just kind of reinforcing that. This is, is like a younger town. Yeah, it's a young town. It's up and coming. It's hip. But it's not. And we'll, we'll see that in a minute. We'll see that somehow mm. this place is not up and coming. Uh-oh. As shown by that the population is getting smaller. It's, it's actively. down and going. It, yeah, it is in a, a, downward, a downward slope. Uh, fifty-one point one percent female, and forty-eight point nine percent male is the the breakdown, uh, and this is more skewed than the national average of fifty point five percent female, yeah, and uh, forty-nine point five percent male. So more more women than men. Mm. I might have to move there. Maybe. Yeah, I think that extra one percent that'll seal the deal. For ethnicity, uh, ninety-eight point five percent of the population is white. I mean, it's West Virginia, like. Which, and this is what I meant by I think some of these numbers are wild. It's pretty wild. So ninety-eight point five percent of this town is white. Uh, the national average is fifty-nine point four. So we're a good near forty percent higher. Yeah. Uh, point three percent is African American, which is lower than the national average of fourteen point four. Much lower. Point two percent is Asian. Mm compared to the 7% nationally, and a whopping 0.0% Hispanic uh, compared zero? to the... Zero? Zero. percent Hispanic compared to the national average of 19.1%. They're missing out. Um, and then there's, uh, like, some Native American and, uh, like, some other very small percentages as well. Yep. Uh, so families in Point Pleasant... So we were, we were, you said you might move there because you think mm -hmm. you might find a, a, yep. a girlfriend, we'll say. Yeah. Except I'm into Latinas, so maybe not. Probably not in that case. 56.9% uh, are married. 18.3% are divorced. So there you oh, go, if oh. you were interested in that. 23.1% uh, are married with children. And 27% have children but are single. 
It's interesting. Which is a, that's an interesting number. I think this is an interest. This is probably the most interesting population breakdown I've ever read. Mm. Uh, just based on, I mean, on ethnicity, but also like how the families are divided. Yeah. So moving to employment, Point Pleasant has an unemployment rate of six point six percent, which is point six percent higher than the national average of just base six percent. Mm-hmm. The average income of a Point Pleasant resident is seventeen thousand dollars a year. Shoot. So <laughs> So they're they're bringing in the big bucks, really. The US average is uh twenty eight thousand five hundred and fifty five a year. Mm-hmm. So they're 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 a little bit behind. Yeah. The median household income of a Point Pleasant resident is forty thousand a year and the US average for that is sixty nine thousand a year. Um so if you're married, it looks like you make more money. Is what, yeah. it's, is what it's sounding like. Because it's the entire household. Right. Yeah. So. But, you know, I mean, you know, like, when you live in Point Pleasant, money doesn't even matter because it's just so pleasant. There's no need to chase after all these meaningless dollars when your life is so fulfilling. That and, I mean, we'll get to, like, the cost of living. The cost of living difference is wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 17.9% of the population of Point Pleasant makes between 20000 and 30000 per year. 18.5% makes between seventy-five and 100000 a year. So, I mean, that's pretty good. And yeah. then roughly 14% makes over $100K. Hmm. Um, but the, the, the demographic below 20000 is is pretty high. Mm-hmm. But that's also because they're, I mean, it is a younger town. So a lot of people aren't, uh, you know, highly invested in a career at that point. True. So there's that. Uh, most of the jobs here are in retail trade and healthcare slash social assistance. Mm-hmm. So thing, you know, retail trade. You were asking about Walmart. Mm-hmm. You know, that's. I, I bet they've got some Dollar Generals up in Point Pleasant. Probably. Uh, and then we've got some healthcare and social assistance. So that's talking about, um, you know, EMS, firefighters, police officers. Which, actually, after, because I've already done the research, so I know a little bit, (coughs) excuse me, about this. It's not much of a surprise that healthcare is that high. Because the cost of healthcare, on average, excuse me, (coughs) I'm dying, getting choked up. You need some healthcare. (coughs) Some social assistance, maybe. Probably not retail trade. I'm so sorry. I'm sick, for anybody wondering. Mm. Um, And I, like a genius, didn't bring any water in this room with me. So I'm currently struggling a tad. Rip. Let me try to get my breath back. Holy. Apologies uh, for anybody listening. Um, But healthcare is actually higher than the national average in Point Pleasant. So, there's that, for whatever that's worth. Uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia is home to a variety of religious congregations. Churches of different denominations and backgrounds are found throughout the city. Popular churches include Point Pleasant Presbyterian Church, Point Pleasant United Methodist Church, and St. John's Catholic Church, uh, and also First Baptist Church, Point Pleasant. So they really like getting that town name in there yeah. whenever they can. 
I guess mm-hmm. it's pleasant. It helps the brand. Uh, but even with all those wonderful sounding churches, only 23.4% of the population considers themselves religious, which is well below the national mm. average of 47%. Yeah, that seems super crazy for a small town, too. Uh, 7.7% are Baptist, 9.4% are Methodist, and, I mean, surprise, surprise, for a small town, 0% Jewish, 0% mm. Islamic. Mm. Um, but I, I agree. I am I am surprised that only, you know, 23% of this town identifies as religious of any kind. Normally, you think of a small town, <laughs> it's about to happen again. <laughs> Get this man. Get this man some water. I'm about to just leave you to your own vices for a minute while I go. I got it. While I go figure out <laughs> a solution to this problem. I got it. I uh, uh we were we we're gonna take a a quick commercial break, and by that I mean Foster is gonna talk for a minute. Yeah, I got it. Just do something for a minute. I got it. Okay. okay. I'm just I'm I'm waiting for you to get out of the room before I can breathe again. Um. So. Um. So. Yeah, today we're talking about the Mothman, which is a man made of moths. Apparently, is what I surmise. Um. Mothman. It's a bug, a bug and a man. Sort of like the Spider-Man, but not really. Uh, Probably more like the Batman, is what I probably think. Um, Point Pleasant sounds interesting. Oh, Anthony's back. I think I might have... I might have solved the, the issue. Mm. At least for now. That's good. We'll see. Did you drink from the urinal? <laughs> I, I did not do that. Uh, there's a water fountain outside the studio. Oh well, you're let. There's some probably some flavor notes that you're not getting in the water fountain. I don't know if I want to know what the flavor notes that are not in the water fountain but are in the other vessel that you described. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, religion in Point Pleasant, which is surprisingly small. Yeah. Any other comments about that before we move on? It's a godless place. Apparently so. Except but for... uh, apparently their god might be Mothman? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, moving forward, the political climate in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, is moderately conservative, uh, but Mason County... Uh, the county that it's in is considered very conservative Mm. in Mason County uh, 22.5% of the people voted Democrat in the last presidential election and 75.8% voted for the Republican Party which leaves the last 1.7% voting independent Mm. Um, so a pretty again pretty red pretty red yeah and typically when you think red you think I mean, religion, at least least on this half of the country. Definitely. Um, So, again, that's just a a kind of interesting thing. Hmm. Uh, Point Pleasant schools spend $11,000 per student. Uh, The U.S. average is $12,000. And there are 15 students per teacher on average. 
91.3 finished high school, so that's that's really good, actually. I'm pretty sure that's higher than the national average. Really? And national average is... I don't. I didn't look up what the national average of that was, but that's hmm. a really good number. Would you I say ninety three? Is that what you said? Ninety three. Uh, ninety one point three. Ninety one. Surely that's lower than the national average. I think it might be higher. Actually, I think the oh national boy. average is like in the eighties. Oh boy. I think. Um, twenty two percent of them stop there. Fourteen percent have a four year degree, and zero percent have a master's. So zero. what it looks like? Zero percent have a master's. In Point Pleasant, yes. The thirty eight hundred people. Correct. Which I mean, that's not a lot of people, to be honest. But, but what it is, still seems I'm, okay. But think about it this way: Point Pleasant is incredibly small. That's true. That we've discovered. Mm-hmm. What it appears is that um, people are graduating high school and then leaving for college, and then they just stay mm. wherever they're. That makes sense. Wherever they're not, because um, it's like a couple hours from Pittsburgh. It's a couple hours from Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. It's a couple more hours to Indianapolis. Yeah. And there's pro- uh, okay, it's like I a- didn't check, but odds of there being like a really great college in Point Pleasant mm-hmm. is probably pretty low. I Google this. Jamie, pull up colleges in Point Pleasant, please. Point Pleasant. <laughs> Scanning noise. Scanning noise. Uh, is mm. there okay? Is there even a college in Point Pleasant? Um. In Point Pleasant, they have the University of Phoenix online graduate pro- program. Well, the University of Phoenix is not in uh, Point Pleasant, so that answers that. Yeah. Um, mm. It's okay. looking like there is no higher education in Point Pleasant. So that would explain why. Like, some people went out and got a degree and then came back. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, most other people and anybody that got a master's that was from here did not mm-hmm. return. Mm-hmm. So, if we've convinced you that Point Pleasant is where you want to be, then let's talk about housing and cost of living. So, if the U.S. national average is 100 for cost of living, that's typically what it's based on, uh, Point Pleasant sits at a very affordable 77.9, hmm. which is wild. Uh, so, And with that, it's also 2% lower than um, the rest of West Virginia. Groceries are at 96.5. Again, pretty affordable yep. compared to the national average. Mm-hmm. You're saving you're saving a couple bucks. Yeah. And get this housing. I don't know if you're ready for mm-hmm. this. 28.9 out of 100, out of 100 compared to the national average. Wow. So you I mean, you're you're saving big bucks on housing. Yeah, you're saving, we'll you're we'll talk about like that in just a minute. 71.1. Yeah, on a scale of 100. <laughs> So you're you are going to spend a good bit more on healthcare though, as we we talked about earlier, because mm. healthcare sits at 133.4. But as long as you don't have any medical accidents mm-hmm. or anything of that sort, uh, you should be good to go. So a typical home in Point Pleasant costs $126,500, which is 62.6% less expensive than the national average of. $338,100 and 9.4% less expensive than the average West Virginia home at 139000 mm. Renting a two-bedroom unit in Point Pleasant costs $790 per month, which is very affordable. Very affordable. Uh, which is 44.8% cheaper than the national average of 1430 and 8.9% cheaper than the state average of $860. Mm. And just for 
you know, some reference. I have some houses pulled up here. Um, just some ideas. <coughs> Realtor.com. Realtor.com. Shout so, out. Two bed, one bath, 880 square feet. Uh, 85 grand. 85 grand. Which, I mean, that's not, that's not bad. That's not bad. But I am looking at this house, and I'm thinking I'd rather have 85 grand. Most of these houses are 60 years old. I did mm-hmm. find that out in my research. The average age of a home here is like 63. I wonder if they know my mom. Is your mom... She's getting there. Does, doesn't your mom listen to this show? No. Oh. Well, then I guess that's all right. Uh, so six bed, two bath, 3,500 square feet, $500,000. I've seen better deals. Yeah. Uh, especially considering it looks like no one has touched that property mm-hmm. since maybe the 1990s. Yeah. Someone definitely got murdered in that house. Uh, and then lastly, we've got a pretty modern uh, three bed, two and a half bath, seventeen hundred and seventy square feet for two hundred and twenty five grand. Hmm. Which actually it looks it looks pretty good, yeah, to yeah. be honest. Uh that is twenty four Warwick Road in Point Pleasant, if anybody's interested. And it comes with a seventy four hundred mm-hmm. square feet. Who's the real who's the agent? Uh Sandy Dunn, who Andy is Dunn. a quote trusted real estate pro. I trust her. You trust Sandy Dunn? Yeah. It's a done deal. I I bet. That's... I hope that's her slogan. I hope it's a done deal. Is what she says anytime she she sells a house. It. I guarantee you it is. I hope so. If that's the case, I would definitely buy a house. From yeah. Her. Just to hear it. So that is the uh, the housing recap of Point Pleasant, along with every other part. Yeah. So now that we have that out of the way, uh, let's get started with. As I clear these out of here, give me one second. Let's get started with uh, the the main story of today. Mm, yes. I the kinda... legend of the Mothman. So, the Mothman. Like I said, he is the the title character of Cryptid Horizons, uh, and I'm I'm very excited to bring this story to mm-hmm. you today. The Mothman is a cryptozoological creature that is believed to have first been seen in 1966. Witnesses say that the creature appears manlike, often walking on its two hind legs. Primarily seen during the night, the color of the Mothman is difficult to distinguish. Some say it is gray and others believe it's brown. However, there is not much debate about the physical size of the creature. Across most depictions, the Mothman is a physically imposing creature, standing over 6 feet tall, with a monstrous wingspan ranging between 8 and 15 feet. As its name suggests, the Mothman is capable of flight, being able to fly fast enough to chase down cars. One of the most undisputed details of all accounts is the Mothman's haunting red eyes, a red described by one woman as, quote, Red like you've never seen red, end quote. That sounds pretty red. It sounds very red, and he sounds big. Yeah. He sounds like a large fella. Get him on the courts. That's what I'm saying. Like, Nikola Jokic, mm-hmm. I'd like you to meet the Mothman. What if Nikola Jokic was the Mothman? Uh, Nikola Jokic, last time I checked, doesn't have wings. 
four red eyes. And is not capable of flight. Okay, we'll cross that out. So, prob- so okay, I said there's no theories, but if we're going to add the Nikola Jokic theory, I'm going to go ahead and disprove that one. Okay. The town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, is where the Mothman has been encountered. The legend of the Mothman has swarmed and intrigued the town, best showcased by the annual Mothman Festival. Every September, Mothman souvenirs are stocked and ready for tourists. At the Coffee Grinder, a local coffee shop, you can find various Mothman-themed treats, including chocolate Mothman droppings, Mothman coffee, as well as a Mothman cookie, complete with red eyes. At Village Pizza, you can order the Mothman pizza. This pizza's toppings are cleverly arranged to portray the famed creature, with cherry red tomatoes for eyes, bell peppers for feet, and spooky mushrooms for wings. Some people believe that this town made up the Mothman as a way to get more tourism to the area. No. No. Are you a Mothman denier? I just said emphatically no, of course. I mean... Well, I'm just asking. How could you not believe in something that has a pizza? If there was ever a creature that I wanted to believe in, Mm -hmm. it would be the Mothman. Yeah. I just think he's the coolest one. Like, there's like the Chupacabra or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, some people believe in ghosts. Mm-hmm. Some people believe in zombies. I want the Mothman. You want the Mothman? Mm-hmm. Who's winning in a fight, Mothman or Bigfoot? Uh, um, I'm going to go Mothman. Oh, wow. Because Mothman can fly, and I feel like that aerial attack is going to be uh, going to be quite the challenge. Mm-hmm. But maybe if, the big, if Bigfoot, Sasquatch, if he knows about lights... Mm. I'm just saying, moths attracted the light. Maybe he's got something. He has thumbs and big feet. Bigfoot does. So So they claim. Have you ever seen his feet? What if he's normal sized and people are just being mean? I I think big feet are beautiful, personally. Uh okay. During World War II, eight thousand acres of a wooded area near Point Pleasant, West Virginia, were created to manufacture and house explosives. The explosives were housed in concrete igloos dispersed across the land. After the war, the effort was dropped, and the area was partially converted into a wildlife preserve, now known today as the McClintic Wildlife Management Area. In the 80s, it was uncovered that byproducts of the explosives had critically contaminated the land. Yet, to this day, the igloo and some of their hazardous materials remained. Some believe that this contamination mutated local birds into what would eventually become the Mothman, but that's purely speculation. Birds, not moths? Apparently. Concrete igloos? Well, I mean, they were lo- they were trying to house explosives. Yeah. Like, I don't know what else they're going to put them in, like a stick house. Probably not an igloo. Well, and okay. I, I will see if I can pull one of these up really quick. Um, but they're not, they don't look, they don't look like, like igloos. Okay, so. It looks, it's like a bunker. Okay. Like this is what we're working with here. Someone needs to rebrand that from a concrete igloo. Well, it's kind of like an igloo. So basically what it is, because the viewers can't see, um, it is concrete mm-hmm. that has been turned into a bunker of sorts. It's like a little, with, little grassy mound. With grass and dirt and whatnot growing on top of it mm-hmm. to make it similar to an igloo, which is why they call it a concrete igloo. Can we okay? Can you just ad- admit that at least the idea is there? 
you already don't want to believe in Mothman. Okay, I'll give him the concrete igloo. Okay, thank you. Anything else before we move on? It's a catchy name. See? so It's got some merit. Yeah. Despite the dangerous materials stored there in years past, in 1966, this area, often called the TNT area, was a popular destination for local youth. As such, on November 15, 1966, Steve and Mary Millette and Roger and Linda Scarberry were enjoying a leisurely drive through the TNT area. Unfortunately, their amusement would come to an end when the two women, Linda and Mary, spotted a figure near the TNT plant. The figure began to move towards the building's entrance in a shuffling manner, providing them a fine opportunity to observe the creature. While they initially thought it looked a lot like a man, it clearly did not have arms or a head. It had massive, folded wings high on the back, and perhaps, most noteworthy, two beaming red eyes. They really like those eyes. I'm just saying, it sounds... It sounds like Mothman. If we're being honest. Okay, so like I'm, I'm. Who are these Linda and Mary figures? Uh, so Mary, Millette, and Linda Scarberry. Mm-hmm. Two citizens of Point Pleasant. Yeah. Can we trust them? Uh, okay. Well, I mean, the, the so what we're working with here is a couple, four teenagers to be mm-hmm. specifically. In the 60s. In the TNT area. In the TNT area. Perfect Going place on to hang a out. leisurely drive. Leisurely drive in the the TNT area. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there are some, uh, I can't say inconsistencies because it's not the right word, but there's uh-huh. there are some. Uh, some quirks of the story. Correct. You know, and definitely maybe some, for station reasons, I'm going to say outside influences on maybe what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll, I'll just leave it at that. As they made their way towards the Highway 62 in Roger Scarberry's 1957 Chevy, they saw the being appear the being appear in front of them and rise directly up into the sky. The creature had a gargantuan 10-foot wingspan, and the couples noted that it did not need to flap its wings as it chased the car at speeds of up to 100 miles an hour. Quote, gliding above and behind the vehicle. End quote. The creature made a noise similar to a quote, record played at a high speed or squeak like a mouse. End quote. So not a very intimidating creature beyond its size. A hundred miles an hour, though. That's true. That they is had, a different point. They had the speedometer out. They brought it with them on their le- leisurely drive. The. I mean, they were in a car. Nineteen fifty. 1957 Chevy. It probably had a speedometer. I know, but is it getting is it getting to that speed? Uh, apparently, in the TNT I mean, it's, area? A, it's a Chevy. You never know. Don't give me that look. Are you Chevy or Ford guy? Uh, I'm a Honda Odyssey guy, specifically white ones from 2012. Scratch that 2011. That's um, that's the car I drive. Right, but if you had to pick between Chevy and Ford. Mm. Uh, I mean, Ford's just got uh, the history. Yeah? You're yeah. a Ford guy? Yeah, with the assembly line. Well, and... unfortunately, he didn't drive a Ford. Er, yeah. But also, can we talk about the sound that they said this thing made? Like a mouse. Like, or like a high-speed high record? Like... Yeah. I'm intimidated. 
it, I mean, all right, to be fair, like, in the moment, that's still probably pretty scary that there's a giant yeah. shadowy figure flying after mm-hmm. you as you drive away at 100 miles an hour. Um, but the fact that it squeaks at you yeah, is not, it's not the most frightening thing. But then again, no one ever said the Mothman was a bad guy. It's true. Or that he was dangerous. Mm-hmm. Just that he's a thing that might might or might not exist. Mm-hmm. And he likes to chase cars. Well, if... I mean, he's he was chasing them out of his uh, area. The TNT area. Correct. Because it's... Beli- so, I think I have it in here somewhere, but it's believed that he lives in the in, igloos. In the igloos? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, in at least one of them. Hmm. So, like... If somebody was trespassing in your your neck of the woods, yeah, you'd probably chase them out. De- definitely. If somebody, if somebody, as they say, slides on my block, your foster block. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm probably hitting them with a the high pitched squeal. Like that. Yeah, but I'd say more akin to a record playing at high speed. Can you give me an example? That was really good. I like that. Yeah. Fortunately, the creatures stopped chasing the couples and disappeared as the couples neared the populated area of town. Linda Scarberry wanted to report it to the police, but they were concerned that they would not be taken seriously. As a result, in an audacious move, they decided to return to the place of the sighting to confirm what they had seen. To their affirmation slash terror, they once again saw the creature, this time stumbling around in a dark pasture. This spurred the couples to head straight for the Mason County Courthouse to file a report. Deputy Millard Housted was on hand to take the report. Due to the size of the town, Deputy Housted knew the couples and believed their claims to be sincere. The handwritten eyewitness police reports from the Millettes and the Scarberries are actually on display at the Mothman Museum. The couples claimed that the police put all four of them in separate rooms and asked each of them to write down what had happened that night. All of the accounts match. What else do the the Mason County policemen have to do? <laughs> I mean, okay, but to be fair, all of their accounts match up, it's which true. is impressive. It's true. Because if I, I'm just thinking about this from my my mm. myself. If I had to go to Doctor Greer, yeah, with you and Jean and yep. Matthias, mm-hmm. who are are. Our friends from uh, our last school, we all transferred here together. Yep. If I had to go to Dr. Greer with you three and we all had to lie to him about something, we couldn't do it. Mm. Like, our, we would not Jean present would the crack. same story. That too. Yeah, but, you know, let's say let's say I'm the Millettes and the Scar... Scarberries? Scarberries. Mm-hmm. Um, just plan a story. Yeah, but even then, like, what if they start to ask questions? Like, maybe they ask a question that you weren't prepared for Mm. Mm. you know and then you have to bank on three other people coming up with the same answers that you did so i'm just saying there i feel like this might be it it might be something there's a chance i'm I'm getting there getting there i'm working on proving you yeah all right bet eventually the couples and Deputy Millard Housestead made their way back to the siding area, where they heard strange noises, saw strange shadows, and an unexplained dust cloud. A hoof-like footprint was also found in the sand around the area. 
Linda Scarberry was treated for shock following the events and reportedly experienced some unnerving phone calls, as well as visits by the men in black who would intimidate her. Will Smith came to her house? I was just, Tommy Lee Jones is there, dude. Oh my gosh. They're, they're, they, I mean, they know that they found something. I wonder if the flashlight pen wasn't working that day. Do you think that this, that the Mothman, maybe why there haven't been any, like, well, there are some claimed sightings mm-hmm. of recent, but do you think maybe the reason why he hasn't been seen since the 60s is because he's in Area 51? That's a, it's a long way to transport a Mothman, I think, from West Virginia to Area 51. I mean, yeah, but it could be done. That's true, it could be done. Um, hmm. It's definitely a possibility. Um, it's definitely a possibility. The morning after the Mothman sighting, the Mason County Sheriff, George Johnson, held a press conference, and from there, the story started trending in local and national news. Eventually, the creature was dubbed Mothman by the press, inspired by the Batman series. People actually thought he looked very much like Batman. Oh my god, I, I literally t- I talked about this. When you were getting water, oh, did you really? Off, I was just, I was just naming other things that were creatures, and then had the name man in them. And you said Batman? Yeah, I said could be like Spider-Man, probably more like Batman. What about Killer Moth, who is a character from DC, one of the Batman villains, actually? I was unaware of. Have you ever moth. seen a picture of Killer Moth? I haven't actually. I want to I'm going to show you this really quick. Mhm. Um because he's got an interesting costume. So he's um that dude does not look like a moth. He's green and orange as all moths are with an orange cape yep. uh, and a purple long sleeve shirt. Yeah. With orange gloves. He's holding a yellow bag too. And a green helmet with two antenna on it. Is that a helmet or is that just his face? No, it's a it's a helmet or a mask of some kind. Ooh, he chose to look like that. Well, I mean, this is clearly a costume. Like, isn't he's he's not mutated into this? Yeah. Because it's even like right here. So on the official wiki of Killer Moth. Killer Moth wiki. Uh, he has no superpowers and relies on his technical equipment, including a mothmobile. So he's got a he's got a he's got a pimped out ride. Yeah, he's, well, he's swerving through Gotham, man. What time? When did they create Moth Killer Moth? Hang on, I want to. I gotta look up this mothmobile. Mothmobile, bro, that thing is sick. Look at that. It's a green and purple car. I mean, it's no 2011 white Honda Odyssey. <sighs> Chevy probably makes that piece of garbage. Uh, so you asked when they made Mothman? Yeah, well, uh, 1951. So this it, was before the sightings of the real Mothman. But to be fair, that was Killer Moth, not Mothman. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the Scarberries were comic book fans. You think? Then why would they not just... Saying like, "Hey, the killer moth from DC." I feel like, while we're on this subject, I feel like moth, the Mothman from West Virginia, is a lot more of like Man Bat from DC. These are these are people I've never heard of. Okay, so we'll we'll move on after this. But I'm this is this is Man Bat. Uh huh. So he's definitely more bat than man. 
Next, you're gonna tell me there's some sort of Superman. Anyway, sightings of the Mothman began to pile up. Police estimated that over 1,000 people were looking for the Mothman each night until midnight. After the Scarberry Millette sightings, a Point Pleasant woman named Marcella Bennett, her three-year-old daughter, her brother Raymond, and her brother's wife encountered the Mothman while visiting family friends. Marcella explained in an interview with researcher and author Andy Colvin, quote, He was shaped like a male, the huge wings, the way he was standing, the head like a bird. I'll never forget the way he was standing. It was like he was just relaxing, like he was just waiting for that moment for me to walk up. The neck looked like it went down in, like a bird, way down in the neck. To me, it wasn't of this world, end quote. Like Linda Scarberry, Marcella suffered side effects after the incident, including anxiety, paranoia, and nightmares. Why don't they just call him Birdman? Well, because he's not a bird. Did not officially. Is he officially a moth? Uh, no. What Look, we... he was given the Mothman name not because he was a moth. What if we re- he... rebrand to Ambiguous Man? Well, that's not very fun. It is and ambiguous. Then, and then there's no tourism for ple- for Point Pleasant. Because mm. then, then you can't make the, the ambiguous man pizza. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ambiguous man droppings. Probably not as enticing yeah, no, to eat. That just sounds weird. We're not. No rebranding. <clears throat> At least we agree that maybe rebranding is a bad idea. It's probably a bad idea. So where? Okay, so where are you on the Mothman belief scale? Are we Are we inching closer uh... or away from belief? You know, currently, he and Santa Claus are occupying the same same place in my mind. So you know no. what I mean? No, but, you know, part of me. But you want to believe, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah? All right. After encountering the Mothman, Marcella Bennett also said that she could often feel Mothman's unnerving presence and like other witnesses, developed the ability to have premonitions and psychic visions. Linda Scarberry, the witness from the first Mothman encounter, claimed to hear disembodied noises and seeing items moving by themselves, which she attributed to a poltergeist. Simultaneously, other strange phenomena occurred around the time of the sightings. Interrupted police dispatches, malfunctioning electrical appliances, doors mysteriously opening and shutting, an increase in UFO sightings, and malfunctioning cars with no apparent explanation. I think somebody's got to check the water supply at Point Pleasant. Or, you know, maybe the Mothman has some kind of, like, um, electromagnetic field Mm -hmm. that disrupts stuff. Yeah, but UFO sightings? He's a UFO, to be fair. I've identified him. But maybe they didn't. Maybe they just saw him flying, and they were like, what was that? And it was Mothman. Mm. But technically, he would be a UFO, unless they were like, that's Mothman. Yeah. Superman is a UFO. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Mothman. I never understood why those people reacted the way they do. They're like, they're, they're in the middle of New York, or Metropolis, whatever it is. They're like, oh my god, it's a bird. If you thought it was a bird, why would you... Sh- I've never you- seen a red and blue bird. Why would ever. you call that out? But if it was... 
I mean, or a or a plane. Well, I've never I mean, seen actually, a red and blue plane. Southwest. No, not. I meant I was building on your point. Uh-huh. Right? I was gonna say nobody would call out a plane. But that's true. That's a lie. Because when I see a plane, I go, "Huh, a plane." Yeah, but. Or when I drive past cows, hey, look, cows. Hmm. Get a childlike uh, wonder with the world, you know. It doesn't take much. But for when me you're to be a, when you're a jaded me- metropolitan. Yeah, when you see like your car getting destroyed every other day because yeah. Superman threw it at mm-hmm. somebody, I feel like maybe life uh, it takes a little bit more. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I get it. The next big event would happen in the following year. The collapse of the Silver Bridge in Point Pleasant, West Virginia on December 5th, 1967 is one of the most tragic and infamous events associated with the Mothman legend. The Silver Bridge was a crucial link connecting Point Pleasant, West Virginia and Galapagos, Ohio, spanning the Ohio River. The bridge was a suspension bridge constructed in 1928 and was known for its distinctive silver paint from which it derived its name. On that faithful evening in December, The bridge was bustling with rush hour traffic as commuters made their way home from work. At around 5 p.m., without warning, a critical suspension chain snapped, triggering a catastrophic collapse. In an instant, the entire structure began to disintegrate, sending vehicles plummeting into the icy waters of the Ohio River below. The collapse of the Silver Bridge was a scene of chaos and devastation. Witnesses described hearing a deafening roar as the bridge buckled and twisted under the weight of its own collapse. Cars, trucks, and buses tumbled into the river, while others were left dangling precariously from the remnants of the bridge's superstructure. Rescue efforts were immediately launched, with emergency responders and bystanders rushing to the scene to help those trapped in the wreckage. But the scale of the disaster was overwhelming, and in the end, 46 people lost their lives in what would become one of the deadliest bridge collapses in American history. Not cool of the Mothman if he did that. Well, I don't know if he did that. And I, I, mm-hmm. I, my two paragraphs from now, we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm, but also, the Scarberries and the Millettes said that he squeaked. Yeah. You know, we we we, we know he's a squeaker. Like that kind of deal. But then you've got witnesses from this saying there was a deafening roar before the bridge collapsed. Mm. So I'm just wondering, what are the odds that maybe the Mothman was trying to fight off whatever collapsed his bridge? Mm. And that thing that he was trying to fight for us, because Mothman's a good guy in my book. Mm -hmm. Maybe that thing roared. Yeah, I think. And Mothman scared him Mm -hmm. off. If it was Mothman, I'm putting him right next to the Unabomber instead of Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Except I actually believe in the Unabomber. Uh-huh. Because it was a real person. Right. So, I mean, I can only hope it wasn't the Mothman. But if there was some other supernatural being, some evil being, I don't know, that could be even scarier. It could be. But unfortunately, we'll never know if there was another creature. We just know. I'll, I'll talk about Mothman really quick. In the aftermath of the tragedy, investigators worked tirelessly to determine the cause of the collapse. It was soon discovered that the failure of a single eye bar, a crucial component of the bridge's suspension system, had triggered the catastrophic chain of events, 
the I-bar had been corroded by years of exposure to the elements, weakening its structural integrity until it finally gave way under the immense strain. The collapse of the Silver Bridge sent shockwaves through the tight-knit communities of Point Pleasant and Galapolis, leaving residents stunned and grief-stricken. But amidst the devastation, rumors began to circulate of a sinister presence lurking in the shadows, the Mothman. Due to the recent claimed sightings of the creature, some speculated that the Mothman was somehow connected to the collapse of the Silver Bridge, either as a harbinger of the impending disaster or as a, a malevolent force mm. responsible for its destruction. Others dismissed these claims as mere superstition, attributing the sightings to hysteria or mass delusion in wake of the tragedy. Mm. Government cover-up? I'm just saying. We talked about it last week. There's something about government cover-ups and things that fly. Yeah. Yeah. If you missed last week about Amelia Earhart, check it out on Spotify. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, but in that, one of the theories is that the government covered up that mm -hmm. Amelia Earhart was mm -hmm. a spy. Yeah. And Fred Noonan um, by having her plane crash and then not finding her. Uh, and we mentioned another thing that I'm not going to mention again. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> but the the main point here is that flying things and government cover-ups seem to go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Like sprinkles and ice cream. Like um, spring and flowers. Mm -hmm. Like probably a bunch of other things. Like peanut butter and cream cheese on a bagel. Nope, not that one. Strangely, an outbreak of sightings occurred in 2017 in Chicago. According to the Chicago Tribune, there were over 20 reports of a, quote, winged humanoid, end quote, between April 7, 2017 and July 29, 2017 alone. The Tribune reports that the sightings are almost always at night and near a body of water. So he goes missing mm -hmm. for 50 years. And he shows up in Chicago? Of all places. I, if I could fly anywhere, I'm not going to Chicago. Why would... I mean, yeah, like, I wouldn't pick Chicago. Maybe he knows something we don't. It could be a, a Cubs fan. But there's no Mothman pizza in Chicago. That's true. That Mothman hot dog, though? Probably not. Okay. He's definitely not a... Well, he might be a Bears fan, maybe. Well, no, the Bears were probably bad in 2017. When did the Cubs win? The, uh... I think that was 20... I think that was like 2016 or 2017, mm -hmm. to be honest. Mothman a bit Cubs fan? I'm going to look it up. World Series win. 2016! Oh, my God. The Mothman is a Cubs fan, apparently. It's he went confirmed. to go celebrate. Yeah. Or maybe he just likes Back to the Future, because remember there was the Back to the Future thing about the Cubs or something. Wasn't that a thing that happened? But that was like... I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I might just I've seen all of those movies, and it doesn't. I could just be making that up. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I know they went Back to the Future, and Back to the Past, and Back to the Past and then, again, and then all but Back to the Future, and to the Future, and to the Future, again, and a DeLorean, and to the present a couple times. They did do that. For those who don't believe, some have offered alternative explanations for Mothman sightings. Some believe that Mothman witnesses had seen sandhill cranes, a species of bird that could have a wingspan of 10 feet, though a sandhill crane had never been officially spotted in West Virginia at the time, although some unofficial reports had been made. Some have pointed out 
that some birds' eyes, such as owls, appear red when hit with light from a flashlight or a car at night. The McClintic Wildlife Management Area, which surrounds the TNT area, is a bird sanctuary that contains owls. This this seems like they're just seeing owls to me. But a, a six to eight foot owl? Maybe their depth perception is messed up. Or maybe, well, going back and the hazardous materials mm-hmm. that have mutated things. Mutated an owl? Maybe it mutated a giant owl. Just a big owl? <clears throat> Could be. It sounds like it. Mm. But then they wouldn't have glowing eyes all of the time. Only, well, unless that was a mutation. True, thing. but didn't they all just see him at night? Yeah, but if they were, if he was chasing the car, mm. they wouldn't have had the lights pointed directly at him. They would have. They okay, but if he was chasing the car, how could they see him? You know. What do you mean? Like, how could they see? Him? Well, yeah, I mean, some maybe like the tail lights or something. Okay, tail lights kept the eyes reflect the tail lights. All right, fine. I'll give you that one. Some have suggested that Mothman could be of demonic or angelic origin. Others believe that Mothman could actually be an extraterrestrial, connecting Mothman with bright lights seen in the sky. Some even believe that Mothman could be an ultra-terrestrial, a creature from another dimension. Oh, shoot. It just got big. It just got big. First extra, now ultra? Yeah, or maybe... According to this, he could be some kind of, like, biblical fi- yeah, figure. Yeah, that's like a jumbo terrestrial. I don't remember the Mothman in the Bible, though. No, but, I mean... Unless he was, like, a after the fact. Some of those demons got wings, right? Like, uh... Well, and angels have wings. Just saying, but yes. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Demons Mothman's an angel? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. I, I mean, just saying, I think he's a good guy. Could be an angel. Could be. Could be. Probably not, though. Probably killed those people on that bridge. 46 people. Dead. I don't think so. I think that was a uh, an unfortunate event. Mothers and children dead. Based on Mother Nature. Could be. Just saying. Either way, with no definitive evidence, the true spirit of the Mothman and whether or not he exists remains unsolved. Any final thoughts as we... Um, so, I'm thinking... If it were a government cover-up... Okay, so we're going back to this. Yep. Um, what do they have against... Like, what are they covering up? Well, that's the thing. Like, there, there's not much going on in Point Pleasant to cover up, to be honest. Yeah. But, I mean, it's possible. Anything's possible. You know what that's from? Susical. Susical the musical? Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, I was in it in 7th mm. or 8th grade. Who were you? Uh, The military guy. I don't remember his name. I, don't I had a whole song. There's a military guy in uh-huh. Susical the... Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My older brother was in it. Yeah, what yeah. was he? I don't remember. I think it was a bit part. Oh. I remember one other play he was in. He played a dirt salesman. Hmm. Guy who sells dirt. I was on, I was in uh, Into the Woods. Oh, in that's high school. uh. Yeah, I know that one. The Grimm's Brothers Tales. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was Jack. 
in that one. In the Beanstalk? Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big role. Yeah. It's one of the main four. Mm-hmm. I, you know, in kindergarten, I played a, I played, I was the lead in my kindergarten class musical. I was a clownfish. Nope, I was a tiger shark. It's a big difference. Those are two there. completely different big things. Big difference. I was a tiger shark, and... That's like the difference between Mothman and like a sandhill crane. Yeah, okay, so I was a, I was a tiger shark. Uh-huh. And none of the other fishies wanted to be friends with me because I was a shark. Mm-hmm. Uh, so racist fishies. Uh-huh. I don't... <laughs> um, anywho, any... Okay, so back on track of of the Mothman because we, yeah. we do... We're, we're running over our allotted time. Oh, that's true. So do you have any uh, any final thoughts about the Mothman or Point Pleasant or anything of that nature? Um, no. Okay, well, in that case, do you want a hint as to what our next episode is going to be about? I would love a hint. Uh... Okay, so we'll 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 run it back with what I asked you the last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want a person, a place, or a thing? Give me a place. I will give you a place. I will give you. Uh, hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the Atlantic Ocean. That's a large place. Specifically. Uh, 400 nautical miles from Portugal. From Portugal? Yeah. So it's probably not the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, no. Because that's in Loch Ness, which is not part of the Atlantic Ocean. And Correct. It's not 400 miles from Portugal, probably. Nope. Um, hmm. Any final guesses? Davy Jones Locker? No. But that is, it's kind of close. Mm, Flying Dutchman? No. Um. Last guess. But up, but up, banana boat. No. So I guess you'll just have to, to come back for another episode. I think I might. Can we call you an official co-host now? Um. Once we get my salary worked out, we can. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm currently getting paid zero dollars and zero cents to do this, so okay. I imagine you'll probably also be paid zero dollars and zero cents. To well, do it this. sounds like it's worked out, so I guess you could probably you'd probably call me an official thing. Sweet. Yeah, it's, it's official, Anthony. You and me, we're official. You and I are official. Official co-hosts. Nothing uh, else. Maybe best friends. Official best friends. Yeah. Very friendly. Yeah, yeah, co-hosts. Co-hosts. Thank you all for listening to the third episode of Cryptid Horizons. We hope you have a very spooky evening full of mystery, and we are excited Mm -hmm. to see you in the next one. Mothman. The Mothman. Mothman.